Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I, I want to talk about what I call the gift of adversity, and I want to talk about that if we have time later on in the hour. But, but first up, I, I want to start this morning's show by talking about parents going too far. Now, we've already covered in recent weeks the, uh, the college admissions scandal where affluent parents were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to bribe college coaches to get their kids into elite private schools. Those were indeed parents behaving badly. We know that. But this past week, and admittedly on a much smaller scale, I'm sure you heard about this, the well-meaning sports parents up in Ridgefield, Connecticut, who in an attempt to salvage a high school baseball game, the, par- the parents decided it would be a good idea to try and set fire to the wet portions of the dirt in the infield. Not only didn't this ploy work, but it totally backfired. The flames caused approximately $50,000 in damages to the field, in which much of the dirt has to be eventually dug up now uh, due to the lingering health concerns of having gasoline fumes in the field. And, of course, no one has come forth to take responsibility for this move, although clearly there's video uh, of the various individuals working on the field. I'm sure they can be eventually identified. And there's a real question as to whether or not insurance is going to cover the cost of the damage to the field. Uh, What I have heard is that because this this was an intentional act to pour gasoline onto the dirt, uh, because that's intentional, the insurance folks are saying, well, you know, you really can't get covered for intentional damage to a field. Anyhow, a couple of passing thoughts, and I want to get your, your, uh, your feelings and comments as well at one 337 One, this is one of those ideas that's been around for not just years, but for decades. And you know what? Not only is it extremely dangerous to pour gas onto a field, it also doesn't work. I mean, there are countless examples of fields being destroyed from this kind of maneuver. Believe it or not, just a week earlier, a high school baseball coach in Utah tried to do the same thing, dumping gas on his on a high school field, and that caused similar damage. Now, I understand Ridgefield, this was supposed to be a big game between Ridgefield and Amity, and obviously people were attuned to want to make sure this game uh, got going. But, you know, and I also understand that the, the Ridgefield coaches were put on administrative leave. I'm not really quite sure as to how they were involved in all this. But, you know, when you, you, when you run the risk of burning down a field when you throw gasoline onto it, you're also seeping, as I said before, the dirt with gallons of gasoline, which is full, gasoline's full of terrible things that can harm a kid's health. And once that gas is in the dirt, it doesn't go away for a long time. It stinks and it smells and the toxic fumes are inhaled by the players. 
if you, anytime you, if anybody's ever pumped gas at a gas station, you know if you get gas in your hands, it smells and doesn't go away for a good long time. Now, in contrast, in pro ball, well, first of all, if it's raining, usually the fields are covered with tarps. And if it rains during the game and it starts getting sloppy, well, you see what happens. They, they, they get out the rakes and they pour down Diamond Dry to help soak up the moisture or some other substance like Diamond Dry so that it absorbs the water and hopefully the game can continue. But they do definitely never pour down gas, uh, gallons of gasoline and light a match. That just doesn't happen. The bottom line, look, sports parents, while it's okay, obviously, to want to see your kid play ball on a damp day, spend your time and effort on just getting the rakes out and, or mopping the field up and then apply the diamond dry. And if that doesn't work, well, what you have is what we call a rainout. I mean, as the old saying goes, sometimes you win in baseball, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you get rained out. A little common sense would have gone a long way in this case. And remember, especially in baseball, games do get rained out. one 337 6666 Let's get some thoughts about this. Let's go to uh, Jay in Richfield Park, New Jersey. Remember, Jay, good morning. Especially in baseball, games Jay? get rained out. Jay? <laughs> you there, Jay? Uh, well, look, Jay, uh, he's, obviously he's listening to my commentary. I can't get him on the phone. Let's go to our friend Ed over in Elizabeth. Ed, you've got experience with uh, Fields. And- oh, yes, I do. And uh, before I talk about that, there's two things i like to bring up. Yeah. Uh, over the past two months, we've lost two legendary uh, college baseball coaches in the country. Yes. Last month, we lost Freddie Hill from Rutgers. Right. And this past week, we lost. Uh, Mike Shepard. Right. Both of these, both of these coaches. It's amazing, Rick. Between them, have almost. Oh, I have over two thousand wins, close to 2,100 wins between them on the college level. The best thing, and I knew both men personally because I was a former college coach. Yes. The best thing about those guys, in their own way, and if you talk to other players, they would say the same thing. They taught their players how to become men, and. uh and it wasn't all only about baseball and all that. So uh, well, Ed, I I'm wanted glad, to bring that up. And I'm glad you did. I was going to mention the passing of Mike Shepard, obviously, uh, you know. Well, I'm sure you knew him and all that. Everybody in baseball knew Mike Shepard, a tremendous guy, yeah. tremendous family, uh, you know, in baseball. And, uh, yeah, I was saddened to hear of his passing. But he just said, these guys, you know, these were. this is all about baseball, particularly at, at the collegiate level in New Jersey. So I'm glad, you're, right. I'm glad and, you mentioned that. Second thing I want to bring up, and then I'm going to talk about the gasoline thing. Uh, we, there's a great event going on in New Jersey. I'm actually heading down to go on pirate today. The Mike Garlotti, the scout for the Colorado Rockies, uh, runs an autistic uh, high school tournament where the, 40 of the elite baseball teams in New Jersey play. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, uh, Jack Leiter from Del Barton High School threw, and uh, if everyone knows, that's Al Leiter's son. Mm-hmm. Uh there were 15 major league teams there, with their, whether it's a regional scout or cross-checker. And yesterday, he topped out at 97 miles an hour <laughs> as a senior in high school. And uh, my, my, one, of my, one of my buddies, Warren Bennett, who was one of the top umpires in the state, umpired the game. He said when he needed to, he really brought it in all that. So uh, if anyone's not doing nothing, trust me, it's a great event. Mike Garlotti does a great job to, with, the, with the autism program. Yes. Tell me- and the last thing is... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Rick. No, tell me about, about pouring gasoline on fields. Well, here, here's a great story. I'm playing American Legion baseball in 1977, and who are we playing against? Valesburg Legion was coached by Mike Shepard. Oh. 
<laughs> we had to get our games in because we've been we were backed up with rain by the next day, or else they were going to decide who was going to be the championship represent New Jersey in American Legion. So we're playing Mike Shepard. Yep. Uh, we play a game. Uh, inning and a half, it starts pouring and all that stuff. So they stopped the game. We all, our Legion coach, Bobby Catullo, made us go get gasoline oh. to go to Breslin Field, dump it on the field and burn it and all that stuff. Because back then, Rick, there was no diamond dry in, in 1977. Mm-hmm. So you had to do whatever you could to get the things done. But today you don't need to do that. There's so many drying methods out there that, um, you know, you can get the fields ready. But plus now, a lot of the schools now are, are going to field turf because they want to get the games in. Well, exactly. There was that's another thing I'm glad you mentioned as well. A lot, a lot of schools do have, in fact, uh, you know, the turf, which is easily uh, it dries up very quickly. You, you don't want to pour gasoline or artificial turf for sure. But the fact is, there are so many other ways to, to get the field back in playing shape. Or, as you said, you have to just sort of wait and postpone a bit to, to get the diamond dry on it and clean it up. But to put gas on it, boy, that's really going the wrong well, way. Well, so. well, well, as, a, as an umpire, we know if we're playing on certain fields, if we get rain, we know we're not going to be umping, unfortunately, because some of these fields don't have good drainage or yeah, whatever. But yeah. the way the way things are today, they can get fields ready in no time. I hear you. Ed, thank you for the call. Appreciate it as always. Have a good day. Thanks, have a Ed. good day. Thank you. you bet. Let's go, let's go back to uh, our friend Jay over in the Richfield Park, New Jersey. Jay, good morning. Jay, can you? Jay, Jay, if you're going to... Jay, you got to stand, friends. When you call the station and you go through our screener today, it's Ed. You got to turn the radio down on your car, otherwise we can't hear you. So please bear that in mind. Let's. Uh, well, actually, let me, let me a few more comments about this. You know, I, I I do understand that obviously parents want to see their kids play, and apparently this was a big game up in Ridgefield, and obviously it was a desire to to get the field ready. We understand all that. We get that. We we understand that this is a situation where you can't control the weather, the elements. However, as Ed just pointed out, you know, these days there are a lot of other alternative solutions when it comes to dealing with, with, with rain. And as I said, if you, if you have a field, if there's a tarp, obviously, and the rain's in the forecast, obviously you want to, you know, cover particularly the pitching mound and home plate when it comes to tarps. If you can, the, the infield as well. If not, then you get up early in the game, early before the game starts to start, Get the rakes out, and trust me, I've done this a thousand times in my own career. Get the rakes out with your players. You rake, you rake, you rake. You, you, if you have to, if there's a lot of standing water, yeah, you get the, you literally get buckets out, and you, you fill up the buckets of the water, and you pour it off you know, away from the playing field. And if you have Diamond Dry or other comparable products which are designed to absorb water, then obviously that's your best bet. Again, you go back, you dump that on there, you get your rakes out again. It's just common sense, but... You know, Ed alluded to the fact that back in the 70s, you know, people would try to use, you know, gasoline. That's a long time ago. It was not a good idea then. Since those days, obviously, there's also lots of uh, environmental concerns about uh, putting gasoline into dirt. It seeps down into the clay. It's impossible to get rid of. It stays there for a long time. And, of course, kids are going to, even though the next day it's, it's dry, the gasoline fumes still stay there. And I, for one, do not want my kids, you know, basically playing in a ballpark on an infield with those gasoline fumes. It's certainly toxic. It's full of benzene, other carcinogens. Really, really a bad idea. I'm just amazed and surprised that uh, the good folks in Ridgefield thought this was going to be a good idea because obviously it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It just doesn't work. I mean, I, 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 I tell you, um, 
we'll see how this plays out and see what happens in terms of uh, the liability, what happens in terms of uh, if any, I don't know, if arrests are made. Um, as I mentioned, I read uh, or heard this morning that the, the high school coaches at Ridgefield were put on administrative leave. Not really how, why or sure how that happened or if they're involved in this at all. But clearly from the video I saw, there were a number of people out there, again, obviously with good intentions, but, you know, a little common sense goes a long, long way here. And I wish some common sense had sort of ruled the day. All right, let me, let me do this. Uh, let me take a, a, a pause, take us commercial spots. Uh, Mike McCann has your update this morning. When I return, I'll take some more calls about this, but then I do want to talk about the gift of adversity and how important that is for kids today, particularly kids who want to excel in sports, and how, unfortunately, parents, once, they, once again, sometimes sort of miss the boat in terms of common sense. 1-877-337-6666. Hey, football fans. Bart Scott here to remind you about the newest and most exciting football team in town, the New York Streets. The arena games are just how I like my football. Fast-paced, high-scoring, hard-hitting, and family-friendly. This team has all the pieces and is ready to bring a championship back to New York. The team's home schedule begins Saturday, April 20th at the Westchester County Center in White Plains. For tickets and more details, visit nystreetsfootball.com or ticketmaster.com. That's nystreetsfootball.com. And believe me, you don't want to miss this action. In a world that thinks and acts globally, you need an education to match. At New Jersey City University, our students come from over 100 countries, and our faculty and staff speak over 60 languages. From Newark to New Delhi, we bring the world to you. Learn more about NJCU and programs in cybersecurity, fire science, sports and entertainment, nursing, business, and more at njcu.edu. That's njcu.edu. At NJCU, we speak your language. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little pill that treats ED is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. Right now, get your first month supply for free. All you pay is just $5 for your medical consultation when you go to 4hems.com slash men. After that, it's just 30 bucks for a month's supply. Sure beats paying big bucks for just one little pill, doesn't it? Plus, you won't need an awkward in-person doctor's appointment to get the prescription. Hims has doctors online who can prescribe the medication, and a pharmacy sends it right to your door. It's affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To get your first order for just five bucks, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hymns.com slash men. That's 4hymns.com slash men for your first month for just five bucks. 4hymns.com slash men. Liberty Mutual Insurance knows you're focusing on the road right now. So we'll just describe our newspaper print ad to you. It's a tiny square that's colored a newspaper shade of gray that has you thinking yellow. As the words read, Liberty Mutual customizes your insurance so you only pay for what you need. Now that's the kind of print ad that'll make you glad you still read newspapers. Go to LibertyMutual.com for a customized quote and you could save. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Coverage is underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company and affiliates. Equal housing insurer. W-F-A-N, 2020 Sports. Hey, good morning at 820. I'm Mike McCann. Um... Uh, this was one of those uh, days where if you're a Met fan, you're frowning. Yankee fans are smiling. We'll start Atlanta. 11-7. Atlanta won this one. Game decided early. Jason Vargas lasting only six batters. Got just one man out and put the Mets in a 4 nothing hole. And welcome back to the Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Right now we're talking about this 
unfortunate incident in Ridgefield, uh, Connecticut, where uh, the parents uh, had every good intention to try and get the field playable. It was wet, it was damp, they poured gasoline on it. Uh, not a good idea, uh, and it caused uh, approximately $50,000 in damages to the field, uh, not to mention the concerns about lingering health concerns, having gasoline fumes, which are toxic, in the dirt itself. And, um, you know, we're saying, you know, a lot of different ways you could approach this. That was not a good one. And uh, a lot of people are, are still talking about this. And I'm taking your thoughts and comments at one 337 6666 Let's go to Coach Tom in North Arlington. Tom, what do you think about this? <laughs> I, I laugh about this. If you ever want to do, do a show on, on field maintenance, I was a groundskeeper, head groundskeeper for the public school in uh-huh. the same district I was at for 20 years. Okay. And, and uh, before I did that, when I was in Little League back in the 70s, we tried that, and uh, I, I was actually umpiring the game, and myself and the catcher almost passed out during the game. <laughs> it was so bad. It's probably affected my brain, which is why I went on to coach baseball as well. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, what I would say, Obviously, I don't know if that was a uh, urban legend, if it worked somewhere on solid ground, or what. it's just we all know it's no good and it doesn't work. The other thing I would say, my suggestion again that you did was diamond dry, diamond dry, diamond dry. Yeah. That's what I ended up just using. And in fact, okay, what I used to tell the local recreation people, because I used to work on the same field, was please, after a rain, I'll leave some extra diamond. Do not take those brooms and sweep the water off the field okay they used to sweep the water off the field and then rake it which is fine for the one game but then your holes are now deeper okay you know and it makes it worse for the next time yes and it makes it work for you know what i'm saying whereas i always looked at the puddles as you know what this is an opportunity this is the low spots fill them all in with diamond dry and generally the 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 thing goes away but tom Tom, the thing is as I said, sometimes you you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes you get rained out, and that's what well, happens. Yeah. You know, you know that that's the other thing too. And again, I used to be young and stupid and <laughs> did all these things. We used to bring a wet dry back out sometimes and suck the water up off the field. Uh-huh. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, the reputation was no matter what happens, they're going to play the game, and I liked that reputation as a eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old. You know, but then as I got older, my friends would start doing it. I'd be like, listen, some days you just stay home and say, you know, it's a rainy day. Yeah. But, but but again, like I said, to me, I would just say diamond dry as much as you can. And the other thing that helped uh, helps our locals the most, and I'm sure you know this too, when your game's over, rake the field. It yeah. gets rid of the holes, and if it does rain, it's not nearly as bad. Agreed. I, I hear you 100%. Tom, Take care. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate the call. You know, and, and you know, Tom's point is correct. Uh, you just got to sit back and understand that, you know, we do live in a – in a in a in an area where it's not always uh, the sun's not always shining, and sometimes you're going to deal with these kind of situations. But you can't give in to your temptations and say, "Oh, I can quickly correct this, uh, run down to the gas station and get 20 gallons of gas." That's not going to work. And um, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but I'm waiting for the day when that somehow there's a, a a field, a baseball or softball field, which is totally artificial turf, and it's wet, and they're going to try and pour some gasoline on artificial turf, <laughs> turf and see how that works. Oh, my goodness. Let's go uh, Let's go to Paul up in Trumbull, Connecticut. Hey, Paul, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Coach. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, thank you. You know, it's amazing. I'm, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm thinking about 
Um, you know, having I, I had the opportunity when my children are younger to coach in Trumbull, and I'm, I know I've uh, heard from friends in other towns that, you know, the the gasoline. Let, let's look at the point though. Uh, what brings them to kind of making a decision to do that is yeah. that I, these parents are jaded. You know, they 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 all have this fixation in their head that they'll do whatever it takes to put their kids on the field. And they all think, you know, on my experience, again, I'm speaking from my experience, that they have these little Derek cheaters. And, you know, and, and, and I think that's what, what, what is, it's, it's, it's for me, I think it's really harming for our youth is because they see these, the parents, you know, take these actions and, and how they get so crazy about these games that, like I said, doing whatever it takes to put them on the field, and including such a silly thing or a dangerous thing, forget silly, dangerous, like using gasoline. You know, then you get, you got to worry about copycats. In other towns, maybe they don't hear about that. It, you know that that it's dangerous, or they think maybe it worked. And and then you got to worry about this. You know who's going to do this in another town? Because oh, I heard this guy did it, or you know I don't know. I just I just think well, that Paul, uh, I, I think you're onto something there because uh, in fact I mentioned the other theme that I want to cover in the show this morning is uh, adversity. And, and the parents today, and we all know this. We know the terms. You know, helicopter parents. Now the new one is snowplow parents. Uh, and in other iterations of this, parents are trying to do whatever they can uh, within their, their, their scope of abilities to make things pleasant and good and positive for their kids when it comes to sports competition. Now, in this case, there was a big game coming up, a high school baseball game, so the parents must have got together and said, well, look, we can do this. We can, we can get this field playable. Just mm-hmm. let us work our magic by, by torching the field with gas. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes... Kids have to sit down with your kids and say, I'm sorry, the field's not playable today. We're going to have to postpone this game till later in the season. But again, exactly. you know, this is, this is and, and, and Paul, th- thank you for the, your, call, your call this morning, because as I said, that's the transition I'm looking for here. Parents sometimes, again, I, and this is not like they're evil, it's just the opposite. They're trying to do the right thing. They're, they're well-intended for their kids, but they overlook the fact that adversity is a vitally important for any youngster who plays sports. And again, you've heard this term, the gift of adversity, which sort of sounds like it's oxymoronic, but obviously that's what we're talking about. If a kid wants to play sports, at some point as they develop, they're going to run into situations where things just aren't perfect. Maybe uh, they realize that uh, they're not as good as they thought they were, or they, there's some other kid in the team who's, who is starting ahead of them. Maybe they get cut from a from their high school team or during a tryout. Maybe they don't make a travel team. But if a kid really wants to compete and wants to master their skills and improve, those are those critical moments in in his or her career where they're going to have to figure out, what do I have to do to get better? And moms and dads, of course, a lot of times we know this, they're going to try to intervene and smooth things over. And, oh, no, no, sweetheart, it's not your fault. It's the coach is a dope. He doesn't know what he's doing. They don't know how to evaluate talent. I'll get you into a different school. I'll get you on a different travel team. No. Sometimes a kid has to realize, hmm, if I want to get better at this, if this is meaningful to me, then I'm going to have to do things to improve my game. It doesn't come from mom and dad. It has to come within the child. And that's where you get a sense when a kid is 10 or 11 or 12. If they're out there on their own uh, shooting baskets uh, or, or you know, throwing a tennis ball against the wall to work on their fielding or, or whatever they're doing to improve their game on their own and do it religiously, then you know you have a kid who's taking sports pretty seriously. 
But if they're looking to you as the helicopter parent or the snowplow parent to say, can't you say something to the coach, tell him how good I am, then this is going to end up with situations we have today where parents doing too much trying to help smooth and pay, and basically make things better for the kids, not understanding the kid has to make the decision how seriously they want to become involved in sports. Let's, let's, uh, I'm curious to get uh, Jack Smithland's thoughts about this. Jack, obviously uh, I'm, I have a pretty good idea of what you feel about adversity with, with kids and, and sports. Well, you know, Rick, first of all, great, two great topics. One on the on the on the field. Yep. Um, as much as I think every single sports parent in this beautiful nation of ours should read your book, I really do. I think it's the best book that I've ever read. Well, I was introduced to a book years ago by my wife, and the name of the book is Mega Skills, and Mega Skills are our life skills. And I'm going to probably put these two topics together real quick. One. Number eight mega skill in our life skills is actually things that we have to do every day is have common sense, okay? And number nine is problem solving. So these parents should buy this book to read this book or even go online to read it because common sense is something that we do normally every single day that people should know to do normally. First of all, what they did was a criminal act. Okay, it was a criminal act. They destroyed private property. So, you know, it, it now it takes it to that next level. But in the next term, number nine is actually problem solving, understanding the proper things. And one of the things that I taught my kids from that program was, and this parents should think about this, is think before you speak and think before you act, mm-hmm. because what you should think about are the consequences to what you're going to say or do. So in that case, it could affect physically, healthfully, their children, and they could go to jail for what they did. Is that something they would like to do? So if these people actually sat down and thought about that first, would they make the same decision? Second topic, I think, is the great topic, is adversity. And adversity is something that... In the game of baseball and softball, as every other sport, but mostly in those games, if you don't understand adversity, if you can't fail, okay, because baseball and softball, especially on the offensive side, you're going to fail 70% of the time if you're a great hitter. Right. So adversity is, you know, learning to fail. So one of the topics, one of the sayings is that the most important tool in success is failure. So learn from your failures. Learn from the things that you do wrong. Try not to do them wrong again. It's a great topic, Rick. Well, Jack, Unbelievable th- topic. Th- thank you. And just to f- thanks again, Jack. And follow up on, on what, he, what Jack just said. You know, if, if you're a parent and you see your kid, and as Jack said, baseball and softball, we both know that's, those are sports. Uh, they're, they're the epitomes of, of, of uh, failure uh, because you fail so many times. It's one thing for, as a parent, if you see your youngster is struggling, has a bad game, makes a key error, you know, for that next 24 hours, you can just be supportive and give them a hug, but let the pain sort of seep in. Let them deal and, and grapple with that, that, that failure. After that, though, after the, the, you had that 24-hour sort of rest period or pain period, then you start saying, okay, what can we learn? What can you learn about your game that you can improve upon so that doesn't happen again? 
And, and I think that's the crucial takeaway for parents today, not to sort of intervene and say, oh, you know, the umpire made a bad call or the coach should have started you, whatever. No, this is a time where you make it personal and get the kid to understand, okay, what can I learn to improve so those kind of situations don't happen again? And that's, what, that's part of the whole idea of the gift of adversity. Because as every coach would tell you, you learn a lot more from losing than you do from winning. And that's, that's, that's the gospel truth. Let's go quickly to, uh, to Ron and Wyckoff, who has been waiting patiently. Ron, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you? Good, Ron. What's up? I just want to make two comments. I think uh, you've been talking about the responsibility of parents, but I just think this is, shows what parents are going to do in youth sports. They've lost their mind. I'm, I'm actually on my way to officiate a youth soccer game. <laughs> yeah. The parents don't think about that the fact is that sports are designed to develop youth. To think that their kids always have to play every game and they have to control everything is just a ridiculous dream. You can't control the weather. You just can't. But the parents have so much invested, they just lose sight of common sense and what youth sports are supposed to be. And I understand what you're talking about. I agree 100%. But we've tried for years in my league to get parents to realize that every kid playing in that soccer league, we have a 1,000 teams, is not going to play at the higher levels. There's a limit to what every individual can do. Part of it is physical as to what, you, what your gifts are. You can be, you know, you have the greatest intentions, but you only have certain physical limitations to what you've been given. Mm-hmm. But this just should, and now the second point, as I said, as is aware, it's a criminal act. That was a criminal act. This is actually an attack on the environment. This is an environmental violation. They're lucky they didn't take that field out of play for years, and they're lucky they're not all in jail. A gasoline spill is an environmental violation. It requires all sorts of reporting, and I'm an attorney, both on the state level and on the federal level. I cannot believe that parents would not think about pouring gasoline on a field and realize the environmental concerns they've caused, not only to their kids and the future kids, just unbelievable. Well, Ron, this is exactly, and I think you did a nice job of crystallizing this. One, as you said... You know, parents today want to control everything for their kids. That's what we're talking about. They don't want to have their kids have to suffer through adverse situations where things don't go their way. And number two, to your point about the gasoline uh, incident in Ridgefield, you know, nobody, of all those grown-ups there who are so, so focused on having that game happen for Ridgefield High School, they lose sight of the fact that, well, maybe there, maybe nobody there said, maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe are, there are environmental concerns. What's this going to do to kids who play the next day or next week or down in the years to come? Are we making, is there any danger in doing this? Not one person spoke up and said, maybe you shouldn't do this, uh, even though because back in the 70s, perhaps it was done routinely. But obviously now we sort of like to think we've matured and evolved and said, you know, this is not a good idea. So uh, it's just hard to explain. And, Ron, thank you for, for your call. You know, the fact is, you know, we're going to see there's going to be more fallout from this Ridgefield situation. And maybe, maybe the, the, the silver lining here is that this situation will finally get the word out across the country that you don't use gasoline to burn off a field just because there's some wet spots on it. As I mentioned earlier in the hour, same thing happened in Utah a week ago. And there, I believe, the high school baseball coach was involved in doing this, and he got suspended. So, again, this is a national concern. So maybe this lesson we'll all learn from this and say, no, that's a real bad idea. All right, let me take a timeout. When I return, I'll go right back to your calls. Stay with me. 
Uh, that is indeed correct. Ed Randall will be here at 9 o'clock this morning, and he will, in fact, be talking baseball. So make sure you stick around for Ed. Uh, I always like to remind you, you can always track me down and uh, check out my blog and my website at askcoachwolf.com. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, askcoachwolf as well. Um, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. As people have asked me, is this my, my book? Does it really work? Uh, let me answer that question this way. If you read the book, will your athletic dreams come true? Well, hopefully. But what you will get out of the book is sort of a, a blueprint on how best to prepare mentally for a game. You know, remember, most of our kids these days focus only on the physical aspect of their sport. Uh, they rarely spend much time concentrating or thinking about the mental side and how to make adjustments in the, the heat of battle or how to improve their approach and much more. So that's, that's what the book is all about, really trying to get kids who are serious athletes to focus about the, the mental side and how they prepare before they go into competition. Okay, right now we're talking about the gift of adversity. And, and, you know, although it may be painful, as I said, when an athlete confronts adversity uh, in the long run, literally them, have they, have they learned to go through a period or a process of coping with setbacks? That makes them stronger. Uh, I may sound a little cliched or pedestrian, but it's fact is true because, you know, parents today understandably want to make their kids' lives as perfect as possible. But if kids and athletes deal with situations of setbacks and issues, that's going to make them better. Makes them, that pushes them. They incorporate that into their own sort of personal uh, mission statement, and it makes them better athletes as they develop. It's as simple as that. one 337 6666 Let's continue. Let's go to Hopewell Junction up north. Jimmy's on the phone. Jimmy, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. Um, one of the things that I want to touch on when, when you mentioned teaching kids adversity yes. is that parents need to understand that, number one, not one play dictates the outcome of the game. So when, when I speak to my parents, I let them know that when they, when they are riding home in the car with their, with their, um, with their player, yeah. um, not to harp on that one thing that was, like you had said, let it settle in, let it go. But more importantly, even other players, because I notice that parents have a tendency to say to players, you know, oh, geez, we would have won that game if Johnny at shortstop didn't make that error in the seventh inning. Correct. Well, there's, there's more to the game. And, and this is what parents need to be taught is that there's more to the game than just that one play. How about the time back in the third inning where we had, you know, runners on second and third, no outs, and we failed to get a base hit? Yep. Did that, you know, that helped, that, that aided in the, in, in, in the loss also. But um, these are things that parents need to be done, um, need to be um, explained to parents. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm, I'm, you know, that's a good point because unfortunately parents tend to. For whatever reason, they tend to focus on the the last uh, few plays in the game, as though the the what happens in the first part of the game doesn't count. So, as a consequence, well, it was a critically important game. We got down to the last inning, and the kid at shortstop makes an error, and that cost us the ball game. Yeah, but what about the first inning when the pitcher gave up, uh, you know, five walks in a row? Does that not mean anything? I mean, it, it's it's. But the the bigger point, obviously, is that it is that we don't want the parents to focus in any way whatsoever on individual parts of the game. What you want them you want them to do is you hope that the kid playing shortstop, well, I made the error. Okay, it's painful. I know I let my teammates down. 
let the kid sort of deal with that for 24 hours, and then let him go back to practice and get some coaching as to, hey, what did I do wrong in that play so I never make that kind of error ever again? Uh, exactly. And it's, it's not about one player. It's a team sport. It's a team effort. We win as a team. We lose as a team. And what I always tell my teams is, number one, we either win or we learn. We never lose. Yeah, well, that's a good observation. And, you know, I know I'm sure that the kids get to understand that early on, but as the season wears on and that gets reinforced to them, yes, that's what you're trying to get across to them. Because, particularly, look, we mentioned baseball, obviously, that's the most uh, game that's full of disappointment, it's full of adversity. Obviously, it applies across the board to all sports. All sports have adverse situations. But again, if a kid's going to get involved in sports, this is part of the ground rules. you got to understand there are going to be ups and downs. The question is, how are you going to cope with the downs? And that's and, well, and parents, too. So Yeah, I was just going to say, that was my point, is that, yes, we, we drill into our players and we want our players to understand that. But more importantly, and again, when I meet with my parents in the beginning of the season, I ask for their help with this. And I tell them right out, you have to help me get this point across to the players that it's a team sport. It's not about your son. It's not about your son. It's about everybody. And I need your help to reinforce this with the players. Jimmy, I got to tell you, that lesson uh, is an important one. And I'm glad you reinforce it to the parents because in this day and age where everybody is so focused on their individual stats and, and their own analytics, you know, sometimes the concept of team gets shoved off to the side. And at the end, it's about the team. It's the team's one-loss record, not the individual stats for the kid. Exactly. Yeah, Jimmy, I, I hear you. Thank you for the call. Uh, and that's, again, sometimes I do worry that, that we lose sight of the fact that it is about the team. And I know at the end of the year, there's a lot of individual awards that are handed out for all league, all this, whatever, but it's still the team that matters. And that that's the truth. Let's move on. Let's go to Ken up in Ridgefield. Ken, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. How are you? Good, Ken. How are you? Good. I'm listening to the conversation here. Yes. And as uh, one of the taxpayers on the hook for the damage, uh, it's kind of interesting that we were all kind of as shocked as everyone else that it happened in the first place. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure that, that the parents at the end will be the ones who, who are really the leaders here. It, it, just in, in a little bit of information you can pick up around town, the fact that 25 uh, cans of gasoline show up out of nowhere, and uh, you've got 100 parents sitting around. It would be hard to imagine that someone could talk the parents into such a bonehead idea. You also mentioned that the coach in Utah was suspended, as were three baseball coaches here. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm hoping that there's more logic in town than it would appear as it relates to an incident like this. But it's, uh, it's not going to be settled until the taxpayers are off the hook for at least a $20,000 deductible on the insurance policy they've got for the field over there. Well, what 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 is going to happen up there, Ken? I mean, I mean, we're, there's a lot of we know what, what what took place, but what what is going to happen here? I mean, are, are is the is the town going to absorb this, this cost? Is that is that what you? No, I, I I don't think that's the case. I'm sure it's being worked on now. Ironically, the ball field is right across the street from the police station, <laughs> and so I'm sure they were there pretty quickly, and they've picked up a lot of the cell phones to see what's going on. Yeah, I have a feeling that the, uh, the first selectman and company was so uh, ticked off by this that they're going to push the point, too, as a responsibility they have to us. And I think all the things you're saying about kids and, and, and parity in schools, and my kid played ball there, too, 
I just remember sitting there, you know, with all the other parents sitting around drinking a cup of coffee. If someone said, hey, get out here and let's spread some gasoline on the ball, so you'd look at him like he was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it just seems that someone with a little more authority would have been the one to coax people to do that, saying, well, if, it's, you know, if the coach says it or someone else in authority says it, maybe we should do it. But I'm, I'm hoping that, that sanity has not left town completely. Yeah, and I, hopefully uh, there'll be some uh, decent news coming out of Richfield or not. Well, Richfield is, is, as you know, Ken, is, it's a beautiful town, and, and uh, I know that there are a lot of uh, good and caring people there. And I understand that there's always a sense that, per, as I said, parents have great enthusiasm and great zeal to see their kids play ball. And this was a, apparently supposed to be a big game that day. But again, common sense some point you will call somebody there would have said is this a good idea to do this is this going to make sense is this this you, would hope so. you know but i guess you it, would hope so yeah Anyhow, but i appreciate you uh, bringing it up and, and making it uh, uh, known to everyone so that it doesn't happen again someplace else and someone recalls what happened here if that comes to the back of their mind well i think that's exactly what's going to happen this has gotten so much national attention uh, that i think eventually what's going to take place is that people around the country but next time they're looked at a situation, they have to deal with a wet or damp field with puddles on it. They're going to say, "Hey, remember those guys up in Richfield? They basically <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Exactly. So that is that is the, the silver lining." Ken, thank you. Appreciate the you call. Bet. Good talking to you, Rick. You too. Take care. Uh, let's go quickly to Louie in Long Beach. Louie, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Yeah, Louie. You know. It's so ironic that we tell our kids, don't play with matches. But meanwhile, <laughs> the parents can torch the field, you know? But uh, it's just it's just so silly. One of the things I was thinking about, one solution that the, the, the teams could have done, maybe they could have played the game at the opponent's field. And then when they're at home game time, they can go to play back at their, the, the original field. You, you know, know? Lou, I, 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 I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the other – alternative solutions that, uh, you know, coaches deal with all the time. Well, it turns out our field's underwater, but your, your high school field is actually playable. Why don't we just go play at your field? Or there's another, there's another field down the street that's in pretty good shape. Let's go play there. I mean, there, uh, and maybe, I don't know. Maybe they explored that possibility. Maybe they thought about doing that. I don't know. Uh, but that's, that's, that's what most coaches obviously, the first thing they say is, yeah, unfortunately, our field is not playable. How about your field? Can we go there? And uh, I would hope that maybe that at least was that that question was asked, Lou, because that's that's just again common sense. And, and, and another thing is that usually the custodians they don't take care of the uh, the people that take care of the field. They're usually in charge of that. Yeah, it's amazing that they would even allow the parents on the field to do anything to the field because well, they're pretty picky when it comes to that. That's their job. Most of, at most schools. Yeah, I, in, uh, that's another good question as to how this happened. Um, and, you know, maybe that's it was unclear as to why the, the high school coaches from Ridgefield were put on administrative leave. Maybe they were involved in somehow. Maybe they let the parents come on the field. I don't know, and I don't want to speculate at this point. But, again, that is a good question as well uh, because we just don't know. Hey, Luth, i gotta I got to take a break, but thank, thank you for the call. You bet. All the best. Thank you. Take care now. And, and you know, Good, Lou makes good points, you know, and again, this is routine stuff when coaches say our field can't be played on, can we go to your field, or is there an alternative field we can play on? And if you, you know, coaches don't want to lose a home game, sometimes you go to the other school and you just reverse roles where the, the you know, in effect, you're, that's now your home, home field advantage and you're playing there even though it's on their field. All these things are possibilities. Maybe those things were discussed. 
Why were parents allowed on the field to, to even take a chance to, with the gas? I don't know. All right, let me take a pause. I'll be back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 